for the purpose of this sermon, I'd like for you to open to the book of beginnings. Genesis chapter 50, the first book and the last chapter in the first book. Genesis chapter 50. And I'd like to read uh, on today from verses 14 on down. Uh, verses 14 on down, Genesis chapter 50. Reverently, I'll read in your hearing from the King James Version, Genesis chapter 50, 5 0, verses 14 on down. The Bible says, And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father, after he had buried his father. And verse 15, when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren, verse 18, also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Verse 21. Now therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Reverse. Verse 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Contemplate with me for the next few moments the topic, but God. Father in heaven, speak to us, your children. Allow now this moment to be yours completely. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. But God. We have a very important story nestled in the first book of the Bible. In the very last chapter, the story of Joseph and his relationship with his brothers. If you would like to understand why we're at this stage in Genesis 50, you would have to read Genesis 49 and the chapters before that. You will understand that Joseph, being a very brilliant young man, one who his father seemed to love more than the others, Joseph found himself in a predicament where all his brothers thought that he thought he was better than them. They sold him into slavery. You know the story. As a result of him being sold into slavery, Joseph rose through the ranks and moved from the pits to the palace. Joseph, a young man, very ambitious, never allowed the situation and the circumstance that surrounded his life to dictate how he lived his life. He lived above what people thought he could be, and he lived as God intended for him to live. 
in the book of Genesis chapter 50 in particularly verse 19 through to 21 we see a passage here that is closely aligned in many ways to the history of Christianity. If you look very closely on what Joseph went through, it is very similar to what the church has been enduring. Not only that, but the Seventh-day Adventist church in particular, we have been through many moments of misery, persecution, first-class grief and suffering. But yet still, the church of the living God moves on. We have Ellen White writing to A.G. Daniels, and I just want you to know that this black history celebration is very important. A.G. Daniels, Ellen White writing to her said, again and again, I've been shown that the past experiences of God's people are not to be counted as dead facts. We are not to treat the record of these experiences as we would treat last year's almanac. The record is to be kept in mind for history will repeat itself. The darkness of the mysteries of the night is to be illuminated with the light of heaven. Blacks in America have endured a lot of hardships. Blacks in the world have endured a lot of hardships. I am not ignorant of the fact that the Seventh-day Adventist Church does say that we have people of all nations, all races, all class, all culture. They are expected to be a part of this one family. I'm not immune to intelligence either to recognize and accept that even today racism is prevalent not only in the world but also in the church. I'm not blind to the reality that there are still yet some of us who are using this dreaded word racism to hold anger toward our fellow men. Let's be very honest with ourselves, even though we're sitting beside each other, even on today, there are some of us using the excuse of racism to treat our fellow men less than they deserve to be treated. I grew up in a place where the motto was out of many, one people. I attended a university that was 80% white. I was elected to be the president of the student body, which meant that I at least needed to have some whites vote for me. <laughs> now, my story may be different from your story, but I'll tell you a little bit about my story. I remember... One young lady, a white young lady, one day came up to me and she said to me, Omar, can I touch you? Now, you know, back then as a young man, when a lady says, can I touch you? It, it, it meant something different to me. So I got excited now and said, oh, sure. But when she touched me, she moved her hand off me quickly and she said to me, I wanted to touch you because, believe it or not, you are the first black person that I've touched in my life. She looked at me. She said to me, I never got close to other blacks because I've always felt that if I say something wrong or do something wrong or act a certain way, then they will react like I see them react in the movies. And I sat down with her and I talked with her. She was from a province, or you call it state in America, a province called Saskatchewan, which is very flat and white. And she came up to me and she talked with me. And, and I listened to her and I realized for the very first time in a tangible way that not everybody that is white 
hates everybody that is black. I also recognize, and I hope I can talk to you, I also recognize as well that there are a lot of black people like myself who are using the past as a crutch. So we go back to the default position into believing that, okay, I don't have a job. I'm not the manager. I'm not the owner of anything because the system is holding me back. I'm not stupid enough to know, and you could ask the President of the United States. There are a lot of things that are not being done because the person who is doing it is of a certain color. I'm not stupid enough. By the way, I can't vote. I'm not a citizen here, so I can talk about Republicans and Democrats. Now understand and hear me well. Understand this quite clearly. The point I'm trying to make is, yes, history has it well documented that especially blacks have suffered a lot. But I can assure you that it is not fair for us as a people, watch me now, to look at everybody who has a different pigmentation and make a determination that just because of the way they look and the way they are different from me, it means that they are negative towards me. I think the time has come and the Seventh-day Adventist Church must recognize that we ought to treat everybody as an equal. In this country, you said we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. But do we believe that in the church? The reason Joseph was sold into slavery was because his brothers became jealous. A lot of times we hold things against each other because of jealousy. Sometimes people don't have to do us anything for us to be jealous of them. They just have to do something that we wish we could do. Can, can I talk plain? Can I talk plain to you today? Can I be frank with you today? I didn't come here to make friends. I have enough on the platform. <laughs> I came here to deliver a message. But listen to me carefully today. I believe and to the highest level within the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Watch this. And I may get in trouble for this, but don't tell the president. Cut the recording. <laughs> it is about time that as a people, together, we stop looking at people based on what they look like on the exterior. And do that which was done when Samuel went and anointed David. Men look at on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I believe that there are a lot of people who are not in positions and places just because of the way they look. Yes, I do. But I'm still not convinced that as a people, we should allow that to hold us back. You know the difference between me and a lot of people? I may work in a company. And some of us are just happy to have a job. The difference between someone who is ambitious is that I'm not just happy to have a job. I don't just want a job. I want to manage the company one day and not just manage the company. I want to eventually own the company. Am I talking to somebody? It doesn't matter what vicissitudes you encounter, what roadblocks are set up in your way. You can achieve it. There was a man by the name of Marcus Messiah Garvey, one who inspired men like Martin Luther King Jr. He said, up you mighty race, you can accomplish what you will. I remembered this gem in school. The heights by great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they while their companions slipped were toiling upward through the night. The reason some of us have not achieved much is not because of the system. It's because we're just lazy. 
We're used to hand-me-downs. We expect that the government should hand us everything. This entitlement mentality is destroying humanity. We believe that everybody ought to make us better. What are you doing to make yourself better? We spend every Black History Month, we come up and we gripe and we covet and we hate and we anger each other. Some people don't like to go to church during Black History Month. Some of y'all sitting here right now don't want to be here. Am I talking to somebody today? Joseph. Joseph was the, the 11th, the 10th of 11 sons. Joseph was born to a barren woman. Joseph was a shepherd boy in the wilderness. Joseph was the favorite child of Jacob or Israel. Joseph always brought home honest reports to the extent that one day his dad gave him a special coat. The special coat that he received, his brothers, his own brothers, his blood brothers took the same coat that his father gave him and they cast it for lots. And then they took Joseph and sold him into slavery. When they sold Joseph into slavery, they thought that that was going to be it. But the one sold into slavery became the savior of the family. Fast forward, Joseph was at court with his brothers in the royal city after their father was dead. They, they were praising him for all that he did for them. When famine was in the land, he gave them food. This was the same Joseph that they sold into slavery. Can I pause here parenthetically just to make this point to somebody listening to me today? It does not pay to repay evil for evil. If you look at the life of Joseph, if Joseph was as vindictive and as evil as his brothers, when they needed help and they needed food, they would have suffered, starved, and died. But Joseph was kind and thoughtful. Joseph realized that even though I was sold into slavery, I think God had a better purpose for my life. Because if he were not sold into slavery, then there would not be someone who would be able to take care of the family. How many times bad things happen to us and we allow the bad things that happen to us to drive our lives and determine how we function. But if we look at the bad things and recognize that even though it may be a bad thing now, it may not be good to me, but it is good for me. Joseph was in the court and they were praising him for all he did and in his response, and you can tell the measure of a person's relationship with God. In his response, he directs his brothers to look to God in their repentance. Now, you must understand this. Whenever someone does evil to you, and you repay them with evil, you suffer more than they do. Am I talking to somebody? If someone does you wrong and you constantly do them good, you know what happens? It's as if you're heaping coals of fire on their head. Am I talking to somebody? So for instance, every time the nominating committee meets 
And somebody said, when your name comes up, they shut your name down. And they come out and they smile at you. All you need to do is to smile back at them. So when they get home tonight, they can't sleep. But you can sleep like a baby. Am I talking to somebody? You can never bring yourself down to the level of iniquity. But you've got to rise above evil. Because God made us beyond above and not beneath it's not nominating committee time is it not yet but it's coming so some of y'all prepare for it somebody's going to shut you down in the committee and come smile at you on the outside you know how vindictive Seventh-day Adventists are we are like elephants we don't forget so your name comes up in the nominating committee and somebody said, I remember 25 years ago. I remember 10 years ago. I remember five years ago. Anybody who has that kind of mentality does not have a place in the work of God. Am I talking to somebody? Because once the blood of Christ can cleanse you from all your unrighteousness, if the blood can wash me clean, it can wash you. Amen. You know when people criticize others for the wrongs they've done way back in the past, it's not the person, it's not an indictment on the person. It is an indictment on the blood of Jesus. Because what you are saying is that the blood of Jesus Christ is not efficacious to cleanse that person from their sins. They may have done wrong, the church may penalize them, and yet still you hold it on your heart. Let it go. You know how many of us go to bed at night and we would have slept a lot earlier than we did but because we're carrying people on our minds? Somebody did something to you and the person didn't even know that they did it. But instead of following the Matthew 18 principle, you hold it to yourself and you say, I just wait for the next time to get that person. Evil. Hear me well today. You will perish with your evil if you don't repent of your ways. Joseph directed his brothers to God and this is what he said in verse 19 Joseph said am I in the place of God don't come to me and try to sweep me up don't come to me and try to make me feel or think that you believe in me or you support me. I know already the Bible says that, that, that it broke Joseph's heart when someone came in and told him that the father had said that he should have mercy on his brothers. He knew that that was a lie. But even though he knew it was a lie, he did not hold it against them. How many of us as Christians know full well when somebody has wronged us. We know that they are currently scheming to ensnare and to trap us. How many of us can rise above that and say, you know what? I know what you're doing, but more importantly, I know what God wants me to do. He says, am I in the place of God? When they bowed down, he said, stand up. I myself, I'm just a man. And then he said, you thought evil against me. But God meant it for good. You thought evil against me. At work. 
someone may go to your boss. It may be a supervisor. Or somebody that wants your position may go to your boss and tell your boss a lie. But you look at that person and say, you thought evil against me. But God meant it for good. You see, every Christian in this world ought to know, recognize, understand, and appreciate that as long as you're a child of the king, there is a but God in your life. It doesn't matter what people may plan and scheme, but God. Doesn't matter what they do, remember, but God. You know, I grew up in a tiny island. I had a cousin who was a butcher. This is not a vegetarian story, so Adventists just wake up for a moment. I had a cousin who was a butcher. Every Friday he would go to the market and he would kill a cow. And he would send home the best part of the beef for his wife to make soup. You guys drink these kind of watery soup that you sell here in the United States. I'm talking about real hardcore soup. Good soup that make you strong and can run as fast as Usain Bolt. Now, now they made some good soup. And the soup that was made from that beef, the cow head. The mother would always be particular about how she shares out the dinner every single day. This is my family. I know what I'm talking about. And so, there was a daughter in the house that was a stepdaughter. And there was another daughter that was for both parents. You get the drift? So, every time they would prepare the soup, the mother would always take out first for her daughter, which is also the daughter for her husband, and then take out for herself, and then take out for her husband, and then take out for, lastly, for the stepdaughter. So we always wondered why is it that in that family the stepdaughter always seemed more healthy than the other daughter. <laughs> we never understood why but, but if common sense prevails this is what happened. She thought that when she took the soup from the top for her daughter she was doing the best thing but she never realized that when you make soup it's the settlement in the bottom that is better and that's what the stepdaughter got watch this you meant it for evil but God meant it for good you see when you have God in your life no weapon no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Because if God be for you, then who can be against you? Teresa had a but God in her life. Always blows my mind. Even today, I'm still blown away. And believe me, the father... And the stepdaughter were the two healthiest. But God, don't spend your time, watch this. Don't spend your time focusing on the past and what has happened to you in the past and who has done things to you in the past. Don't spend, have you ever looked at your car? When you get out today, look at your car. You ever notice that in your car? The rear view mirror is smaller than the windshield. Huh? You know why? When you're driving, you're supposed to spend more time looking through the windshield and less time in the rear view mirror. The problem why we have so many accidents is because we spend our time looking behind. And we don't focus on the front. And then we end up in a mess. You thought evil against me. 
but God meant it for good. You see, the justice of God shines brightly in the midst of the darkness of our iniquity. So that whatever poison, whatever poison abundant life Satan produces, God turns it into medicine. You know, there's another story I know you know about Harry Thurman. Story about Harry Thurman. He grew up in the South, South of America. Not South America, but South of America. In a time of high racial tension. Harry Thurman, his mom lived in a house next door to a white racist woman. And every time this white woman would clean her animal pen, she would take the manure, very graphic here, take the manure, throw it over the fence in Harry Thurman's house. Every time she would do that, her mother, Harry Thurman noticed that his mother would never get angry. He would never get upset. All she would do is just take the manure and sprinkle it in her garden. <laughs> sprinkle it in her garden. One day, the white woman next door got sick. And while she was sick, Harry Thurman's mom went over and brought her a freshly cut flowers and gave it to her and said, I hope you get better. The woman, the white racist woman, looked at her and said, where did you get this beautiful plant? And she looked at her and said, you see every morning you would take your manure and you would throw it over the fence. I use it in my flower garden. And from that garden, I got this plant just for you. You meant it evil for me. But God turned it into good. Listen to me today, abundant life. You must understand and appreciate the fact that it doesn't matter what people throw your way. If they throw lemon at you, take it and make lemonade. It doesn't matter what they do. Rise above everything the devil has thrown your way because you must know that you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ the Lord. Don't, don't allow your circumstances and your situations to hold you back. Be like Joseph. Joseph had all the power in the land to do the most evil he could and get away with it. But Joseph said, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. When people put obstacles in your way, just realize that obstacles are nothing more than stepping stones. Use them to launch yourself to higher heights. But don't allow people to get power over you by thinking that they could hold you down. As a Christian, I'll close with this. You have three options in life when situations come your way. You can respond in one of three ways. One way you can respond is like the sandbag. You know what a sandbag is? Those who are from New Orleans and those places, you know what sandbags are? When you take a sandbag and you lift it up and you throw it down, it just drops right there and stays right where you put it. That's a sandbag, yes? As a Christian, you can react that way. There's a second way that you can react. When, when people put you through difficult times and hardships, you can react like a plate. When you take a plate and you drop the plate to the ground, what happens? It shatters all over the place. It's broken. You can react like the sandbag or you can react like the plate. But there's a third way that you could react as a Christian. And this can only be done by a Christian. When somebody does something wrong to you, 
or hardships come your way, sickness, disease, whatever it is, pain and suffering, when it comes your way, you can react like a rubber ball. You know what a rubber ball does? When you take a rubber ball and you drop it to the ground, what happens? It bounces back up. Did you know that the harder you throw that rubber ball is the higher the rubber ball bounces? Did you know that? That's how we ought to be as Christians. The harder they hit you, the higher you climb. The greater the weight, the stronger your strength. Always trust in the Lord and believe that he will see you through. Always remember, saints of the living God, that it doesn't matter what evil may come your way. As long as there is a but God, you will make it through. It doesn't matter what your boss does to you. Just remember, but God. It doesn't matter what society does to you, the Republicans or the Democrats. It doesn't matter what they do to you. Remember, but God. The honest truth is, there are some of us here. It's not that we are being persecuted, but we are persecuting others. If we're going to be honest, as a people, we've got to do our very best not to have that crab in a barrel mentality. Where every time someone tries to make it up, we pull them down because nobody should get to the top before us. That crab in a barrel syndrome, it's destroying God's church. It's destroying God's people. And there are some of us that are like that crab. And we need to make a change. If I could borrow from the eloquent Michael Jackson, I'm talking to the man in the mirror. We need to change our ways. Abundant life. Jesus is going to come and Jesus is going to go. And some of us will still be here because we are living like crabs. You know, Jesus had the same but God mentality. Because when they tried to harm him and hurt him and do all manner of evil against him, he said, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. How do I know? When the enemy nailed him to a cross, took that tree and staked it in the ground. He meant it for evil. But he forgot that Jesus Christ said, And I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. There are some of us here today. We're reacting like sandbags. Society, situations, and circumstances come our way, and we get hit left, right, and center. And all that we do is just fall on the ground and stay right there. God is saying to you today, you've got to move past that. There's some of us who are reacting like that plate. When somebody hit us, we fall to the ground and then we just shatter. And you know what happens when you are shattered? You hurt other people. Because if somebody else comes your way and they walk and they step on that pip pip, that plate, they get cut. They hurt. They bleed. Just like you. I think the time has come for us to react like the rubber ball. Don't fool yourselves. Every one of us at some point in our experience, we've been hit. We've been attacked. We've been thrown down. 
But what are you going to do? Let them hit you. The harder they come is the harder they fall. The harder they hit you is the higher you should bounce. And I believe today that somebody here needs to bounce and get away from that plate and from that sandbag syndrome. You need to bounce as high and as high, as high as God will allow you. And so I'm going to say this today. I'm going to ask my, my friend, Pastor Neville, to pray for somebody today. I don't know who you are, but you may have been tossed to and fro, thrown down, cast aside, passed over, neglected, abused, broken, battered, beaten. And you're here today. But you want to say, God, I need to react differently. I want to be like the rubber ball. I want to be like Joseph. I want to be like Jesus. I want to rise above the fray of earth and earthly mindset and mentality. I want to climb to the highest heights and become greater. Than what I could even imagine. If that's you today. I want you to just walk out of your seats very quickly. Join me down front. God bless you. Just come on down. God bless you. Just come on down. God bless you. Bless you my brother. God bless you. 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 This is your moment. This is your day. This is your time. Status quo is not something that God's people should be a part of. We've got to rise above. No matter what or who, we've got to rise above. We praise God today. Put your hands together. They are coming. They're still coming. Put your hands together for those who have come. It's not easy. But they have come. Is there somebody else? I'm going to invite my friend, Pastor Never. Come on up. Come on up. We praise God today. These are they who have come through great tribulation. I want the rest of you, those who are in the congregation, because you're already above the fray, just stand. Stand in solidarity. Stand in support for those who have a but God in their life. As we get ready to pray, I wonder if there's still somebody standing in the congregation. You never had the courage to walk down the aisle earlier. But you'd like God to insert a but God in your life. Because you know when you leave here today, you're going home to turmoil. On Monday morning, you're going to work to face tribulations. You know for the rest of the week, it's going to be hardcore trials. You know you will walk out of here and the temptations that you've been facing, the proposal that somebody put in your way, that you need to give an answer to, the trap that the enemy has set for you is waiting. But you want to say, Lord, insert that but God before I leave here today. Please, still come. Come quickly. God bless you. God bless you. Come quickly. You come quickly. God bless you. We're making sure today that we leave here and every person that has been here today needs to leave here. With the but God in your life. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I'm going to hand the mic to my friend. But while I'm handing the mic, if you're still wanting to come, your heads are still bowed, your eyes are closed, just say excuse me to the person beside you. I don't want you to leave here today unless you have that but God inserted in your life 
your heads are still bowed your eyes are closed just say excuse me if you're scared to come I'll give you 30 seconds to hold the hand of the person beside you and said walk with me walk with me walk with me is there such a person Praise God, praise God, praise God. Your heads are still bowed, your eyes are closed. Glory to God today. We praise God for victory. What an amazing God. God bless you, God bless you. I would have left Sparks and I would have come here just for my brother. And I see you wearing the flag. That's a good flag. Keep that flag close to your chest. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, Pastor. Pray for that, but God. Our Father and our God, we thank you that we're able to come right before your presence. Father, there is no other help we know but yours. Some of us, God, are like sandbags. We've fallen and we've become a barrier to ourselves and to others. God, there's some of us who stand before you who are like the plate. We've been broken and shattered in many pieces. But we are so thankful, God, that you are the potter and we are your clay. We thank you, oh God, that you are the one who can take our fragmented pieces and put us back together again. God, right now we're asking that you will have your way with us. Allow us to be like the ball, God that we can bounce back from our obstacles, from our challenges. For God, there are many people who, who have come before us wanting uh, uh, us to fail, but God, because of who you are, you've allowed our failures to become our success. You've allowed our downtroddens to be our uprisings. Father God, you've allowed the struggles that have gone in our lives to now become uh, those things that were our stumbling blocks are now our stepping stones. So God, we stand before you today just giving you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for who you are. But God, somebody is in the valley of decision right now. God, we're asking that you not allow them to go from this place until they wrestle with you, oh God. Until they, they continue to hang on to you because they know they need to be blessed by you. Yes. Father God, we are struggling day to day. It's hard out here for a saint. And so God, we know that we cannot do these things and live life on our own. So, God, we need your presence. We need your power. We need your blood to cleanse us and fill us up and allow your spirit to move through us so that we can live lives like never before. God, they say that this is the sin city. And we know many years ago you destroyed a city of sin, Sodom and Gomorrah. But God, we're asking that you will help us to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. Allow us to be the light in a land of a living darkness. Allow us, oh God, to stand even when everybody else bows. God, we want to be different. We want to be like Daniel in the lion's den. Not to be eaten, oh God, but to trust and know that you are a God who is able to deliver us. God, we thank you for your manservant today and the word that he has given unto us. God, help us to realize that it is through your love that we are allowed to break so many barriers. God, some of us are holding on to hate, not even hate of those that are of, uh, uh, of another skin color than we are, but we hate ourselves. And because we hate, we have not learned how to love others. God, we're asking you that we who are hurt people will stop hurting other people. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for giving us victory in our lives. 
We want to thank you for turning our situations around, God. You know what everybody here is standing for. And so, God, we're asking that you deal with their personal needs. We thank you, O oh God, that you're not just a God who is up high and looks down low. But you come and meet us where we are to lift us up and to start our lives brand new. So God, give us the strength and give us your perfect peace. For these are the things we ask of you. In our precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you. Put your hands together and give God praise. Praise God, praise God, praise God, preacher, bless you, bless you, bless you. For those who came to the altar today, we're going to ask you, please, be sure, see one of our elders, make sure they have your name so they could add you to the prayer list of this church, because it is not easy, it's going to be a struggle, but it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord, may God bless you. On behalf of the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church, we thank you for allowing the Lord to use you and to also to for your words of wisdom as we go forward to focus on what is in front of us and not as what not as what behind us. Thank you so much. At this time, we're going to have our benediction by Isaac Burst after which we will be seated and the ushers will dismiss us. Thank you. Can the church please bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, thank you for another Sabbath day. We thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for the word that was spoken. Help us take something away from it that will draw us closer to you. Please keep us safe as we go our separate ways. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>